Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you? Uh, it, it, crappy how are you what's going on well tell me about it professionally i'm i'm very good very good i'm excited to be on the air with you today we're going to talk a lot of basketball we're going to talk jazz offseason dennis Lindsay is going to be on the show today at the top of the five o'clock hour david Locke, i'm told will be on with us at the top of the four o'clock hour so uh two excellent guests on the show today uh so yeah uh, show wise i'm great i'm terrific Tell me your other problems. Well, Come my on. power is still out. It's still out? Yes. There's a lot wow. of people. See, and I, don't, I don't want to complain. I really don't. Because there are a lot of people that are probably uh, listening to the show right now that also have their power out. But, yeah, my, mm-hmm. my power is out. And as I read the tea leaves, it's, it's not going to be back really anytime soon. Do you need a hot shower? You can come on over and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. No, I still have hot water. I, I took a hot hot shower today, so that was good. All right. Well, I, I don't know. You know, you're. I've talked to about three different people today, all in the same boat. So our thoughts go out to everybody who's like Jake right now. And uh, it uh, it makes you... Times like this make it makes you appreciate the conveniences of living that uh, hopefully most of us share. But when that power goes out, I'm telling you, one time at Christmas, I think it was Christmas night, the power went out and it was out for like four or five days, and I everything shut down and I I was freezing, I was freezing in my own house. And I remember when I went over to a relative's home where Lisa had taken the kids and she was over there. And when I walked in that door and could feel that heat, uh, it, it, it just made you realize how fortunate we normally are to live in, uh, in, in a, a climate or in controlled situations where, uh, where it's good. And so, man, uh, I know, I know. I've been there before, Jake, and I hope you're you're hanging in. I hope all our folks out there are getting by. 
Yeah, I'm just annoyed. That's all. Just mildly. Actually, annoyed's not the right word because I I 100% understand because of the weather event that uh, has uh, has hit town the last couple of days. So I'm not I'm not annoyed because I get it. I mean the amount of uh, the amount of damage that that kind of wind causes and uh, plays havoc with the grid. I, I I definitely get it. I'm just you know I'm mildly inconvenienced, Gordon. You know? Okay, all right. And I guess that's why I, I'm excited to be on the show because it's 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 something else. It's it's not piling everything from our freezer into a cooler <laughs> to take over to my parents' house. Is that what you did? You took the stuff over. Well, you know, and Gordon, I'm I'm not a big foodie, so I feel like with Hans, this this type of thing that I did today would be like Sophie's choice. But we have to decide which food is salvaged and when which food is is going to be left to spoil. And so, you know, it was like save the chicken, leave the vegetables kind of thing. Okay, so I have a dumb question. Uh huh. We. Uh, you and I, in the general area where we live, there is a grocery store uh, down the down the way, and I wonder what happens when they lose power. Um, because that's know. a whole lot of that's a whole lot of inventory. That if you let it spoil, you can't sell it. Obviously, uh, what what do they do? Well, I I'm guessing here. Um, but I know Sears had one. I'm sure they have their own generator to keep the generator. The, okay. the bare minimum um, cooled, frozen, et cetera. Yeah, the, the grocery store I worked at as a kid, they had a backup generator yeah. that would keep the frozens and, and colds cold and frozen. Right. Even if the show, uh-huh. the store ultimately couldn't operate, right. those things would be saved. My my uh, so my dear grandmother, who lives on the other side of the country, uh, as you know, Gordon, in her 90s. Uh, she's got a generator uh, rigged up to her house that if the power ever goes out, it automatically just, bam, starts, and she's good to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of generator people out there, and you know what? I envy them on a day like today. You wise, wise folk out there that are generator people, bless you. Bless you. Well, should I wish, we, should I, wish we, I were are you advising? You. Should we all go out and get one? Oh, I don't think uh, having a generator is ever a terrible idea for a variety of reasons. But uh, I mean, how much you use it? You know, how much does power go out? How yeah, many how many not... raves are you throwing in the middle of the woods? <laughs> you know, but but uh, for those who worry about into <laughs> the world type scenarios, um, or maybe you know, maybe if the I'm power not I'm not talking was... about doomsday people, Gordon. There are a lot of people out there that just have generators that are uh, are enjoying a nice warm house today. <laughs> and you wish you had one right now. Absolutely, my house has gotten chilly. See, look so at this. Look at kind- this. Shout out to Robert B. Patriot on Twitter who says, uh, uh-huh. uh, "Jake, I have a generator you can borrow." What a stud! Thanks a lot, Robert. Wow. So, what do you want? Nice do you, you don't. You don't want one of those little portable generators. You want one of those ones that you've seen in the advertisements where they have it set up almost like an air conditioner unit on the side of your house connected so and that's what your grandma has right yeah exactly sounds pretty that's what i'm talking about well see my grandmother lives in a in an area that is uh, sometimes impacted by like hurricanes so we had to had to think of something there so what does the generator run off of gasoline 
So you got to have a supply of gas too, right? <laughs> there well, are some suppose... that run off natural gas uh, that sure. sit in the side yard. Yeah, right. But gasoline's yeah. the most common, right? Yes. I want a I want a coal fired generator. <laughs> Are there any of those? <laughs> I, just, I mean, it's you know we we sometimes you laugh about people who are so into preparation for all this and all that, but I'm telling you, when when you don't have any power for a few days, it, it starts to make a little bit of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, certainly having a generator does. I don't know if that makes you a doomsday prepper or just you know. <laughs> Smart. Well, uh, but uh, certainly hope uh, hope folks are okay out there. Austin, did you get your power back? Uh, yeah, I did. I'm feeling like a real uh, waste of everyone's time for my belly aching yesterday. Yeah, you should. I and should. you know what? Your circumstance makes me even more angry. <laughs> and and now I'm getting uh, uh, I'm getting a taste of how Austin views the world uh, most of the time. Yes. Uh, but well, we have a, a horrible wind incident, and of course Austin's power goes out because of course it's Austin. But ten minutes later, they have it fixed. Like here you go, sir. <laughs> Enjoy your wonderful power. Oh, wait, nice it wasn't. Ten, today. It was more like what was it? Seven hours, Austin. Yeah, and, and I, but I was going on and on yesterday as though it was the day after tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, like you're never getting power back again. Meanwhile, Austin gets a text mid-show, like, "Hey, good news." <laughs> I, of course, instinctively thought, well, hey, Leighton was hit pretty hard, so if Austin got it, maybe maybe there's a chance. I text my wife, no, no, your power is still not on. Again, there are a ton Ooh. of people, though, in in my shoes, so I really didn't want to come on and complain about it, but um, here we are. Anyway, shout out to the, the people working on it. Seriously, I heard they're uh, bringing yeah. in um, um, technicians from other states to help with uh, with the entire workload. So I thought that was pretty awesome. So shout out to everybody. I, I driving into work today, saw a lot of people out there working on everything. Gordon, I don't know if you've driven around at all or, or uh, whatnot, but there is a ton, a ton yeah. of uh, tree damage and property damage. Yes. And I mean, uh -huh. I was, this, this is a, a stupid thought, but I was thinking like, what on earth are they going to do with all the wood that comes out of, you know, like the, is the wood chip industry about to really come into a you know come into a find? Are are wood chip prices going to plummet after the wind incident <laughs> of 2020? Yeah, from eight cents to three cents. I don't know because there's going to be prices? an abundance of wood chips on the market in the very near future here locally. Were there other states that suffered this kind of thing, or was it just here in Utah where the wind was whipping like that? I saw somebody post a video from Arizona that they got some wind. Um, I don't know. I, I saw that uh, we're up by, I think uh, DJ and PK were talking about this this morning, up by uh, Flaming Gorge. They got like 14 inches of snow. Yeah, yeah. Wild. That's that's crazy. And then, you know, I mean, it seems like a lot of people, you know, we have the pandemic yeah, uh, that's affecting everybody. We have... You know, we had, when was that, back in May when we had the earthquake? Was that April? When was no, that, May? No, March. March? Yeah. Okay, so we had that, and then, you know, we got wildfires going on here, and every California is on fire, and uh, up in Oregon they have uh, fires going on. Yet. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is the way it's always been, and we just weren't paying attention, or if it's gotten worse in that regard, I, I'm not sure, but... Certainly, we hope everybody is safe and and uh, you know somewhat comfortable 
Is your house cold, Jake? Yeah, it is cold. It, it is. Uh, it is really not warm. But uh, but it, it, this would be far worse in the winter time. You know, yeah. we have had uh-huh. wind incidents like this around here before. Austin and I were talking yesterday. I think off the air about 2011 was the the last one that really hit the the Davis Weber County area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've we've had them in the winter time, Gordon, in our neighborhood, uh, the mouth of uh, Mill Creek and and Neff's Canyon, because uh, I had one time where it. It didn't snow, so the, the and it hadn't snowed in a while, so the snow on my lawn was kind of uh, heavy and and somewhat wet and crusty, and it still picked up all the snow from my lawn and set it right on my like drifted onto my driveway, and mm. uh, Naz's car got stuck trying to back out because she was in a hurry. <laughs> well, I don't know how many years it was ago that I was talking about with that Christmas thing, Christmas night, but I bet a lot of our listeners remember that. And the power went off, and it stayed off. And it was in the dead of winter, and it was, you know, there was a ton of snow. I think that's what brought the power lines down, snow on trees and fell on this and that. And next thing you know, folks were without power, and it it uh, stayed that way for, well, I hope yours gets to resolve sometime soon, but that one stayed that way for days. Well, thank you for your concern there. <laughs> Gordon well, Power Monson, you you enjoy your nice warm house and your electronics. Whatever's and, uh, happening to you is bound to happen to me, bound to happen to everybody. But uh, when we said yesterday, what, 175,000 households were affected? Yeah, yeah, somewhere uh, in that neighborhood. And last I looked, I think they've gotten, I think there's still over 100,000 without power, but they've whittled the number down a little bit, so... But I, I agree with you, Jake. Hats off to all those workers out there that are climbing up around power lines and trying to secure things and whatnot. That's that's a job for somebody who really knows what they're doing and is somewhat courageous. And uh, there's probably a whole lot of them out there busting their homes right now trying to get this taken care of. So Okay, there are a lot of experienced people out there, but all of those experienced peoples were uh, people were rookies at some point. Can you imagine being a rookie at that job where you, you get to the bottom of the pole and it's like, well, get up there and uh, let's see what you got. It'd be pretty intimidating, don't you think? Wait, don't touch wait. this wire. Because <laughs> I'm sure you get some training, but I'm sure also there's some second guest where it's like, Okay, this is the one, right? This, this, you know, this is how I do this, right? I've got everything. Blue to red, not blue to blue, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, now, what did he say again? What was that? I get or, those mixed or, up. Uh, or even like, hey, uh, I saw a picture of this yesterday. Hey, go fish that trampoline off of that wire up there. <laughs> go get him. <laughs> Rookie. Hey, Rook. Uh, there's a trampoline up there on that uh, electric wire. Get on up there and get her off. Oh, what if 30,000 people are without power because someone didn't secure their trampoline? Oh, man. Bad we, neighbor. The weather service and all the, the good weather folk out there tried to get the word out. I saw that secure your trampoline thing about 100 times. But then, of course, I did. I, on social media yesterday, I saw that picture of that trampoline yes. wrapped up in that power line. And I thought, wow, they they weren't kidding about that warning, huh? <laughs> You thought an extension cord was hard to unwind. Right. Hmm. Do the power company folks, do they give the nasty jobs to the the rookies? Or do they say, no, this one's a little too complex. I'm going to handle this myself. I have no idea. But I would guess, as in most professions, that, yeah, the the rookies probably don't get the choice jobs now. Well, (laughs) it's... 
it, I hope they stay safe, uh, you know, as they go about their work. But uh, there are a lot of people out there probably want their power back ASAP. Uh, yeah, I would uh, I would guess so. Me being one of them, Gordon, that, yes. uh, that would be great. But, uh, but you know, I get it. Like I said, I, I certainly don't want to come off as complaining because I know there are a lot of people out there working hard. Hey, Austin, how does that feel to have something uh, put in the proper place and for have, to have Jake uh, be in his predicament? Hey, it'd feel better if it were you, but it feels okay. Thanks, Austin. That That strangely means a lot. The, <laughs> it shouldn't mean a lot, but it should mean something. Yeah. I, I meant because you're usually the one like like Jake was no, I understand. Uh, referring to. And it'd be, it would be, I'm glad it's not me, but I'm not as glad that it's Jake as I would be if it were you. See, it's it, here's the thing. Like, Does that make sense? Having a, a close co-worker, not just a co-worker, but Austin and I, you know, we're uh, close co-workers. To have the close co-worker just have his power come on. Willy nilly, like middle of the workday, <laughs> <laughs> and then for me to come in the next day, like, "Hey, Austin, how you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I, I'm great. I uh, watched Law and Order last night, and I just, you know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how would how would <laughs> how would you feel, Jake, if he said what he just said about me? I would feel a lot better if it was you. What, what, I mean, it hurts my feelings. I mean, I got feelings too. You do? Yeah, you, but you have no. a lot of really good luck. Yeah, you do have a lot uh, of really good luck. Not necessarily, man. Like, you, don't know the, you don't know the trouble I've seen. You fought <laughs> off a shark in the Chesapeake. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was in Florida on, uh, spring, oh, that's right. on spring break. When, yeah, uh, that, when, it wasn't when spring Gordon break, gone but... wild. No, it was spring break. It was it was after I graduated high school. Oh, don't ever say that again. <laughs> I needed yeah. a laugh today. I oh. felt good. Ooh. I felt good. I feel better. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> Austin, I would feel a lot better if it was you. <laughs> don't get Holy cow. don't get hung up on the on the joke, Gordon. It uh, it gave us all a good laugh. Yeah, I was totally joking. Because we know that it's impossible for somebody in Gordon's neighborhood power to go off. Oh, it's gone off many times. There's I, way I, too much. I you, didn't mean it. You know, when you pay those kind of property taxes and have that kind of clout. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking, but uh, when, when power was gone. <laughs> All right, let's 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 dive into the split story coming up around the corner. Uh, thanks for letting me complain there for a few minutes. We're going to talk about the Jazz offseason, what Dennis Lindsay has on his plate, because we're going to have Dennis Lindsay on the show coming up at 5 o'clock. David Locke is on the show at 4 o'clock. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. You're a rich girl and you're gone to you know it don't matter anyway you can rely on the old man's money you can rely on the old man's money it's a bitch girl but it's gone too far cause you know it don't matter anyway say money money won't get you too big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone band of the day today Holland oats Selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. Nice choice. That brings back uh, some fine memories for me back in the day, in the early days of Hall & Oates. So, you know how music takes you back in time when you listen to it. 
Yeah, we kind of had a an under-the-gun choice there, and I went with Hall & Oates. That's what popped yeah. first to the brain. I think I've mentioned this before whenever we talk about Hall & Oates, yeah. but not only did you give me my favorite album that I have. It's a good album. Time, uh, the best of Hall yeah. & Oates. But if you're into music and, and, and that sort of thing, go on YouTube and check out Daryl's House, where Daryl uh, <laughs> uh, Hall invites all kinds of uh, artists and musicians from all genres to his downstairs studio at his house, and they just jam. That's cool. And he plays all kinds of music with them. It's great. That is. Yeah, that's way cool. What is uh, what is Carl Oates doing these days? Carl Oates? Yeah. He's the manager at Albertsons, I believe, in, in <laughs> uh, Snow so, Snowomish, yeah. Uh, speaking of concert uh, news here, Gordon, uh, good news for you and your fellow uh, Seleniites. Celine Dion... The, uh, her tour has been rescheduled, and she will now come to Salt Lake City, Utah, Vivint Arena, September the 17th of 2021. So a year out. So we're a year out from Celine. Yeah. You get into Celine, you're going to go see her? I've never seen Celine in concert. She had the show down in Vegas for a long, long time. But uh, I'll just say it this way. woman can sing. You isn't know? that the the Vegas? We need to get into the jazz here. I, I realize, uh, but isn't the the Vegas? Uh, what do they call that residency? Isn't that the sweetest of all sweet gigs for a musician, where you don't have to travel? You're in one place. You're playing in front of big crowds night after night. You're probably not being treated poorly at the casinos, if I had to make a guess, or those hotels, right? Uh, that sounds like a pretty sweet gig. I get it why I like Britney Spears. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to chill in Vegas for, for a year. And uh, Yeah, but I think even then they probably fly out to wherever they prefer to be. Uh, they may stay in Vegas. So they probably have a place in Vegas, but uh, they probably it, – it is more convenient, and that's your point. Yeah. It'd be a pretty, pretty sweet gig. All right, Dennis Lindsay is going to be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, so make sure and, and tune in for that. Set a reminder on the old phone. Um, Borden, let's, uh, let's talk about the Jazz offseason and, and kind of what you I, – I say what you expect, but in these weird times where we don't have a ton of answers, even when it comes to, like, dates of free agency and that sort of thing, certainly the, the salary cap, uh, you know, we don't know. But let, let's talk about this offseason that faces the Utah Jazz and the big decisions they have to make. And, of course, uh, let's start with the headliners because they Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are both eligible for extensions this offseason. And we've already seen reports from Yahoo Sports that the Jazz plan to – or Donovan and the Jazz plan to sign a max deal. What that details of that, we don't really know. But uh, sign that when it becomes possible. But let's let's talk about player retention because another big one is Jordan Clarkson, who the yeah. Jazz, uh, who is a free free agent uh, in this offseason. But let's let's talk about player retention and uh, what uh, what where we see the Jazz going. Well, Donovan's a non uh, just a no brainer. I mean, that, that that's your guy. Right. So that's where you, you start. You get that taken care of. You and I have gone back and forth on the Rudy Gobert thing. How much is he worth? I imagine the Jazz will negotiate that with him because, you don't. you just don't. It, it, it's tough to come by a player like that. I mean, I understand there's evolution in the NBA and there's some talk about what the role of a traditional center and but. When you don't have that guy in the middle and you're getting dunked on every night, uh, that, there's, that's not exactly fun. And I would imagine the Jazz will do everything they can to try and come to a, 
to a figure that works for both sides. So I would imagine that that, I mean, I'm guessing here, unless there's some blockbuster deal out there that, that we don't know about or that we can't foresee at this particular time, it seems like those two guys are the core and the Jazz will build around that. I agree with what you said about Jordan Clarkson. That's a guy you want to keep because where would the Jazz bench have been without him? Well, the Jazz would not have um... – won nearly as many games as they did without him because the the bench would have been that bad. Exactly. And so that's a guy you got to keep. And so that, that's where, that's the, the, where I start with those guys and get they get that taken care of uh, as, as quick as possible. And then as far as the, the additions, and I think Dennis will talk with Dennis about this, but the jazz need perimeter defense. They they need somebody. They need a shutdown defender. And I imagine they'll probably look all around for that kind of thing, whether you can get it through the draft or whether you can get it some other way. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they know that, <laughs> they know it. We know it. Everyone who's watched them play knows it. They need strengthening at the defensive end on the perimeter. And so that's the kind of guy they got to be looking for. So, uh, talking about uh, Rudy and Donovan real quick here, Gordon, uh, if if I may, before we get to to Jordan Clarkson. With Donovan, you're right, it is not only a no-brainer because he is the the number one, he's going to be the face of the franchise. I I agree with that take. But in in addition to that, he's still in his rookie process where, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, giving a max contract still isn't exactly a max contract. You know, Donovan and Rudy are both up for max contract extensions, but Donovan, they're, they're very different contracts. Rudy's eligible to make uh, a, a lot more money. So Donovan's is, is the no-brainer of all no-brainers. The, as we've discussed before, the, the question with Donovan's is how long does, does, the, does he sign for? So keep an eye on that, but you, you're 100% right about that. The Rudy Gobert one is much more tricky, Gordon, and I, Andy Larson wrote something the other day that, if true, is really good news. But I haven't really seen this reported anywhere else. So I'll, I'll read from what Andy said, all right? Yep. He said, uh, Andy, of course, of the Salt Lake Tribune, he said, Rudy Gobert is also eligible for an extension. His at the Supermax level of approximately five years, $221 million. But at this point, both parties know that Gobert is worth somewhat less than the Supermax. He isn't going to get that huge number. Okay, that makes sense. I know, but uh, I didn't, uh, if it's the true, if it's true, that's a big deal. I just don't know if that's true. If it is true, well, yeah. I mean, if 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 he is worth that number, and somebody else is willing to pay it to him, well, they can't. Uh, they can't pay. Well, I mean, yeah, but they, that's true. I mean, the only guys can play that. Pay that. How much? Uh, how much is the maximum somebody, another suitor, could offer him? Well, it's one less year, and then the the percentage of pay increase is different. And I apologize, I don't have it in front of me, but it's like it's like your raises can be five percent instead of three percent. And so, what do the Jazz do then? Offer the the maximum that any other team could offer, and say, Rudy. We want you here. Stay here. We'll pay you the X amount of dollars. I don't know about the years. I mean, they, I mean, the the key number is per year, and even that out that way, and so that it's as much as anybody else can pay. But you're not absolutely bankrupting yourself in the process. I, I, it, it would be interesting to 
to talk to Rudy's agent and find out what what their camp is valuing Rudy's services at because it's it's a huge factor in this. Now the thing with Rudy is they don't have to get an extension done this offseason. Actually, with Donovan either, for that matter. But they could kind of say, all right, if if you're a max player, let's see one more year and and go out and make that happen. But then, of course, he's a free, free agent, and, and you risk you know losing him entirely. That's why this thing is so delicate. So that's why when I read Andy's um, article the other day, that stood out to me, because if that's true and Rooney's, Rudy is amenable to less than max compensation, certainly less than super max compensation, well, that's good news for the Jazz because that makes that deal less – not only less financially costing, but also less re- restrictive from a team standpoint. Because, and Gordon, uh, I apologize for going on so long about this, but you and I have talked about it all season long. How good are Donovan and Rudy together? And if they're good enough together to eventually win a title, sweet. You pay them as much money as you possibly can. But if they're going to need a third or fourth component, then you really need to think about that as you as you move forward because you have to have enough flexibility and money to pay those third and fourth components. Right. My, my response is what Dennis Lindsay has said so many times before, and that is that if they want a player that they feel like they need, then then the Millers will be willing to pay it. Speaking of what, luxury tax? Well, yeah, well, whatever is necessary in order to – put the pieces in place for a real title run. And I, I, I'm taking him at his word on that. And I, I think it's true. And so it, it would be hard not to get uh, Rudy locked down somehow. Because traditionally you pay, you come to an understanding before that last deal. Isn't that why some people were saying that Gordon Hayward was offended by what the Jazz did and delaying their signing of him uh, in the other circumstance, more like what Donovan is in rather than Rudy. But then there's all kinds of stuff that comes into play that you might want to avoid, right? So that's the advantage to getting it done earlier rather than later. I Well, I agree. And from a franchise standpoint, it's it's good to take care of them early because you're showing the love, right? Right, you right, know, we're, exactly. We're going we're gonna to give, give you what you want. And I think you did see the downside of that in the Hayward situation where – you know, maybe some muscle was flexed because it could have been. And, you know, the the I don't know. I I was about to say, you know, hard feelings were created, but I don't know that for a fact. But maybe it led to Gordon doing what he did. So it, it, that's why these these situations are, are so delicate, because if if Rudy dug his heels in at the Supermax, that would put the Jazz in a really awkward situation. Because they would have to pay. Over, they would have to pay well over what market value would probably be for Rudy Gobert. And I'm not saying that as a slight to Rudy, but again, that's why this is so delicate because I, I agree with David Locke, and I've said this a bunch of times, there's maybe three or four Supermax-worthy players in the league yeah. that can get paid that portion of the salary cap and still keep his team in title contention. It's like Kawhi, LeBron, I don't know where you want to go from there, Gordon. I mean, would you throw James Harden into that mix? Would you throw Giannis into that mix? I mean, even if you would, that that list, maybe Steph, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're only talking about four or five players, and I don't think even Rudy would take it as a slight that Rudy is not one of those. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, but it's easier for us to say that than for them sometimes because you know how it is at the home base. Uh, People think, okay, go for it. But – 
why? I mean, do you think Rudy would reach a point where he'd say, "Okay, folks, I want Supermax, and if you don't give me the Supermax, then I'm going somewhere else where I don't get the Supermax." You know, that that doesn't make a lot of logical sense, does it? Except for uh, NBA players aren't always uh, logical in that sense. Because and Rudy, it's a negotiating Rudy's, point. Right. Yeah. And uh, Rudy's so driven by slights and those sorts of things. Like, that's we know enough about him to know he's motivated from every uh, mean tweet. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's room for being reasonable on that deal. And I, but but again, I'm not inside Rudy's camp. I don't know how how they're going to play that. But it seems like, given what he brings to the table, he's important. Everybody knows he's important. But like you said, is he a super max guy? Probably not, because there's so few. And if they take that position that um, he's a, my guy's a super max, and I ain't settling for anything less than that then that's where the Jazz make their decision. But if Rudy says, okay, look, the most I can get somewhere else is this figure, uh, pay me a, a buck more than that, and I'll stay. Uh, you know, who knows? I don't know whether he's going to be logical like that or reasonable like that, but that that would make some sense. And then if I'm the Jazz, I, I would agree to something like that. Um, let's get to Jordan Clarkson coming up next. Let's have a further conversation about him. Um, because as a free free agent, he's he's going to have some market out there. You would think in normal times, he certainly would. We'll get into uh, what um, what we would do with Jordan Clarkson coming up next. Again, Dennis Lindsay, top of the five o'clock hour, lock at four. Stay tuned, ninety seven five and twelve eighty, the zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Um, they have been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt, excuse me, and soils and other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res Carpet Cleaning today. Gordon, uh, you broached the subject in the last uh, segment. We're talking about jazz offseason. Dennis Lindsay is going to be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, lock at 4. Um, we talked about Rudy and Donovan uh, in the last segment as well, but let's talk about Jordan Clarkson. Um, played a big role for this particular team. Uh, that scoring off the bench, uh, the, the team improved overnight uh, after his acquisition. Um, between you know, If you compare what Dante Exum was giving the, the team at the time, and what Jordan Clarkson brought in, you know, it was certainly night and day. Now he goes into being a, a free free agent. He's certainly not a max player, but he's uh, better than a mid-level player. And he will have uh, there will be a market, I would guess, for Jordan Clarkson. Well, this last year, what did he make? About thirteen point five million. Yeah. So, <laughs> man, these it's just it's just funny money. It's uh, hard for your average folks out there to uh, relate to that. But uh, I don't know what his value would be. Boyan Bogdanovich was at $17 million this last year. I do not put Jordan Clarkson at Boyan's level. No, n- neither do I. But also, that's, that's a really good contract. That's a really good number. The Jazz should be really proud about that signing with Bogdanovich because if he's your number two scorer, that, that's one heck of a, a bargain for him. 
And uh, and again, we don't know what the market is going to be. Uh, my my thought would be this, Gordon. If if you let Jordan Clarkson go, if if the price you deem is is too high, what are you going to be able to do with that money? Because if you re-sign Jordan Clarkson, you're almost certainly over the cap, and there's not a whole lot you can do. So if you're signing him because he's going to prop your bench up again next year, well, he can do that role fine. But what are you going to do if if you let him go? How are you going to make that bench functional next year? What are you going to yeah. do with that to add bodies to make that bench not a liability. And if it's well, even if it's a liability with him, what are you going to do about that? You know, all questions you got to think about, but they got to figure out a way to make the bench better or at least sign Jordan to not make it worse. Right. They they need him. They need him, I think. Unless there's some sort of magical mix out there that that Dennis and Justin know about that, that we don't know about. Uh, he seems like a very good option for them. And, and then they want him. They want to keep him. So we'll see what the demands are. Um, you know, Joe's at a le- uh, nearly $12 million, And then there's a steep drop-off after that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to be willing to pay him a pretty penny. I don't know the exact figure, and I don't know what Clarkson's people will be asking for. But they, those folks are pretty smart. I mean, they can look at what the jazz salaries are and what the future is for the club. And they know they have to re-sign, or if it's reasonable, have to re-sign Gobert and definitely Mitchell. And, and, so, and, and they know what Boyan's making. They know what Mike Conley is making. So uh, maybe they can push the jazz. We, we don't know what the number is going to be next year. When is that decided, Jake? Do you know? Well, they have to calculate, um, you know, there's always projections out there, right? But the, in this weird circumstance, they have to calculate the revenue, which I don't know how fast they can do that after everything is, is said and done. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not so sure we're going to – and if they have to tear up the collective bargaining agreement, we don't even know that really 100% yet. So <laughs> there's a lot of unknowns. I, I don't know how to answer that question because I don't think the NBA knows. Well, when you look at what the Jazz have – They would rather have somebody I think they're familiar with and that they were happy with that is already on the roster than, say, an equal talent that's out there somewhere who is unfamiliar with what they're trying to get done. Wouldn't you agree with that? I would, but you're also talking about then rolling this team back for another go at it. Unless we're talking trades, and we can get into that for a second. But if you're talking about, you know, the the Rudy – um, extension doesn't really apply because he's going to be here next year regardless, right? right? right. Um, same with Donovan Mitchell. But with Jordan Clarkson, if you go over the cap to sign Jordan Clarkson, okay, great. But you're also basically ensuring that uh, unless you trade somebody, you're bringing back the same roster next year. Right. And I know and you, you did not think that they made it to contender status. So I don't know how, how much uh, if you would like that idea. But do you think that how much how much weight are the Jazz putting in the presence of Bogdanovich? Because had he been in the lineup, uh, I, I, I think they would have had a, a real good chance to get into the semifinals at least. Now, whether they would have been able to beat the Clippers or not, who knows? Uh, we, we just don't know that. But these are the kinds of guesses that uh, Dennis and Justin have to make, uh, factoring in his presence at the offensive end. And that's why I, I don't think that they would be all that disappointed with keeping the main parts of what they had this last year if they can add 
one quality defender to that mix. Is that all and, they and, are away from title contention? Well, well, probably not. They probably need more than that. But I don't know how their luck is going to fall, really. I mean, can they get a rebound? Could they get a, a strong perimeter defender who could also rebound? Well, in theory, you could, sure. But are the is there that ready-made guy there that you could acquire? Well, I mean, that's always the question you have to ask. All right, so what are they going to do? Well, that brings us to trades. And and who would be most likely there, and should they do it? You know, those are certainly different uh, conversations. But right at the top of the list is is Mike Conley. Do you bring him back next year, or do you find a team that can park his thirty four million dollars, thirty four and a half? Well, that certainly would uh, make the bottom line a little a little cleaner, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But then at times, and during the bubble, I thought for the most part that last game aside, I thought uh, I I thought Mike Conley was really really good. And at times when they were mopping the floor with Denver, Gordon, you're, you're looking at it and you're going in games, by the way, not the series. You're going, right. okay, there's the there's the Mike Conley that uh, we thought the Jazz were acquiring. And then at other times it, it obviously wasn't there. Well, I would presume that Mike Conley with the Jazz next year will be considerably better than he was this year because so much of the time was absorbed by either injury or acclimation. And now he seems to be fully acclimated. Can he stay healthy? Which was a question you asked before they ever made that deal. Right. Which was a good question. Yep. And we're learning. I mean, you, you take risks and some things work out better than others. But they'll have to, to – I wonder what they could get on the open market for Mike Conley. Probably not much. But if you could clear some cap space, maybe you would have a little bit more flexibility to do something. Is there a consideration where you would move Mitchell to your point guard? Oh yeah, they got to be thinking and, about and that. And then, and then, <sighs> trade someone like Mike Conley for a greater need that the Jazz have, and they would be covered in that regard by Donovan. I don't know whether the Jazz want to do that or not. I don't know if they want to put Donovan at the point. Well, I don't. You know, I don't know if there is a point guard quote-unquote, in Quinn Snyder's system. Donovan is absolutely going to handle the ball a significant amount. We've seen that. There's, Especially there's, down the stretch right, of games. There's yeah. enough history there. He needs help doing that because he can't play all game every game. And, you know, other people being able to initiate the offense is certainly valuable. But how much do you need? To your point, which I, I think you put, you put it very well, you know, Mike Conley, that kind of player making that kind of money, you know, could you use that elsewhere at a greater need? Not that you don't need his services, but do he and Joe Ingles overlap a little bit where you can get, you know, a lot out of Joe Ingles, what you got out of Mike Conley, or, you know, find a way to, to spread that production out while adding a different player who brings maybe some other strengths to the table. But you still got to address that defensive problem and the rebounding problem. I mean, Maybe one of the, the most terrific things that could happen for the Jazz would be for Tony Bradley to continue to make great progress, but I don't, I don't know how realistic that is. Right. All right, it is the big show. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. We'll get into a little uh, what's going on, but uh, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, Executive Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Zions Bank. He's Rob Bruff with us uh, here on the big show, talking about Zions Bank, Rob, and uh, some of the good stuff you're doing uh, right here in our community. How are you, Jake? I'm terrific, and uh, it's great to have you aboard today. Hey, 
it's great to be with you both. A uh, lot to talk about. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, let's let's talk about a little bit what you're doing for small businesses out there. Yeah, thanks, Jake. You know, we this has been a tough time for small businesses. It's been a tough time for everybody, uh, but in particular our small businesses. And, and one of the things we're very proud of is the opportunity that we've had to uh, help take care of them at a time when they needed it. We've we've helped over 48,000 small businesses obtain uh, some emergency funding at a time when they desperately needed it, in particular to help them uh, keep their employees on the payroll, which, again, is something we're particularly proud of because that not only helps those small businesses, but all of the employees that they uh, have on their payroll. And that really plays into your philosophy as an organization there at Zions Bank. It feels like you guys have always been proud of, of that role in the community. It is something we're very proud of. You know, we we are a local community bank. Uh, we've been a part of this community for almost 150 years. Uh, there are a lot of businesses today that are now big businesses that were once small businesses, and uh, they've been with our clients throughout all of that. And and you know, we feel a great responsibility to this community because we live here, we we work here, we raise our families here. This is home. 150 years, Gordon. Uh, you saw the first branch go up, didn't you? Yes, I remember it well. <laughs> when I rode in on a on a prairie schooner, and I saw it right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Rob. Well, thank you for dropping by. We'll catch up with you a little later on in the show. All right, guys. See you in a bit. All right, that's our friend Rob Bruff from uh, from Zions Bank. Oh, that's amazing, though. 150 years. All jokes aside, Gordon, that's that's a long time to be a part of a community. Yeah, it sure is. And, uh, you know, you got to be doing something right to stay in business that long. Yeah, right. That's a good point. All right. Stay tuned. We'll get to more coming up next. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.